This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 125 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, this originally released on Wednesday, which means it's all about boxing. I say originally released because the beauty of uh, listening to podcasts is that it's up to you when you listen to it. You don't have to turn up at a particular time. All you've got to do is hit the subscribe button. And you can have this whenever you want, whether you are commuting to work, whether you're listening to us in the car, whether you're in the gym. We have tweets every week with people telling us where they're consuming this stuff. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, window cleaners. We yeah. seem to have a couple of window cleaners Absolutely. that listen to us on their rounds. Mark, who is currently in Australia, listens to us on the tram commuting to work. Yeah. This is what we like. It doesn't That's matter it. where you're listening to it. That's another thing as well. We're sat here in Liverpool recording this. There's people all over the world listening to this nonsense. That's it. So thank you very much for being a part of it. Fightdisciples.com is our website, at Fight Disciples on all social medias, whether that be Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Facebook's doing some awesome stuff at this moment in time, if I do say so myself, because uh, Nick has found a way of robbing stuff from America. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's pilfering all these random things that he, he, he's enjoying on Facebook, and we're whacking them all over our page, of which... People seem to be enjoying, whether it be interviews with McGregor, full yeah. episodes of All Access, yeah. you name it, baby, we've well, got it. This mar- we need it. The market hasn't got it. It's not anywhere else on TV. So thank you, Showtime. <laughs> I doff thy cap to thy. But we're listen, we're That's working it. for Showtime. We're That's helping it. Showtime. We're promoting their That's products. It, That's it. And uh, people don't seem to be enjoying that. So I'm going to I'm going to try and rape and pillage some Terence Crawford and Dongo stuff this week because yeah. you know we ain't going to get any build up over this side of the pond, unfortunately. Which I'll hazard a guess then anyone outside of America is going to struggle to get the build up shows. Surely there's going to be a 22 or seven show for a fight mm. of that magnitude. So mm. keep an eye on our social media, <laughs> and I will. <laughs> Rob, Bodo, Steel, whatever Steve they've got jo- to do. Steve Jobs here will sort it out for you, yeah, all right? Exactly. There you go. So make sure you're following us on all those social media platforms, at Fight Disciples, and make sure you subscribe. Uh, so therefore, whenever you're in the mood for it, you can have a check of your feed, and we will be there. We're there at the moment, four days a week with fresh stuff, all right? Um, Fight Disciples on iTunes and fightdisciples.com is where you'll be able to find all sorts of stuff, including five of our six-part series on Mayweather McGregor. The last one is coming to you this Monday. The prediction show. And that's when <laughs> the we pressure's make, on. That's when we make an ass out of ourselves telling you what's <laughs> coming up in the fight, all right? So that's coming up this week, so make sure you're a part of it, no question. Uh, of which kind of leads us to the start of today's show because it's kind of loosely based around Mayweather McGregor. Uh, with this being boxing, we're going to bring in Paulie Malinaji. Why not, eh? <laughs> Come on. We get it, Paulie. You got mugged off, mate, yeah? Stop crying. Every time I put my Twitter on, Malinaji's there responding to people giving him abuse on Twitter. Mate, if you stop tweeting, it'll die. It'll be cool. People will forget that it ever happened. You just, you're like a dog where you're born. Just let it go. You got brought into the circus and you got mugged off by a clown. All right, that's what happened, mate. You down, you made a deal with the devil. You're going to get pricked by his horn. It's as simple as that, isn't it, Nick? Leave it alone, mate. What's up with you? No, there's way more going on here. Let me tell you, there's way more goes on. You're such a conspiracy theorist. You're the type of guy that doesn't believe that the moon landing's happened in 1969. (laughs) Exactly. You told us this week on our business show that it happened in Universal Studios. (laughs) Exactly. The earth is flat, brother. There you go. The earth is flat. Come on, what's your theory? Okay, so this is what's going on with Malinaji. This is what's happening. So, Malinaji talks shit about Connor in a pre- in a pre-event uh, Showtime TV show, didn't he, saying... Slap the beard off him. I, I'd slap the beard off him and all that kind of stuff. So then Connor invites him into his camp. He goes into Connor's camp. He gets his own, He gets slapped everywhere. The video comes out... Oh, sorry, the picture comes out. Hang on. 45 seconds of the sparring part, uh, 
sparring comes out, all right? Yeah, Not yeah, 36 yeah. minutes, 45 seconds, which then alludes to the fact that Malinaji got slapped about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, well, the image was fierce, wasn't it? The image of him on the floor yeah, was yeah, fierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were saying, oh, you know, that's been released. And he was saying, that was just a push. Like that, You can make that look however you like, but that was a push. That was a push. And then a couple of days later, Dana White goes, well, here's, here's the push incident. See what you think of that. And it wasn't a push. It wasn't a push. He, you know, he, he, in one of the clips, he, he swallows a massive right hand. And everyone was going, oh, look, he said he, he said Connor couldn't punch. And Malin actually didn't go down, though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It was a clean right hand, as clean as they come. And he didn't go down. So, you know, I wouldn't jump on that too much. But then the actual, where he hit the deck uh, was a little choppy uppercut, a little choppy right uppercut. Now, as Paulie was saying on his own social as well, if you look, Connor's got his left hand round the back of his head, holding his head down. While he, listen, man, this is not a tickling contest. This is a fight. At the end of the day, shit like that goes on. It looked like a legit knockdown. I am, I'm like you, though. Where's the other 34 minutes of that spa, though? You know, mm. we're, we're, I don't want to see it. it. I don't want to see it. I'll tell you when we'll see it. I'll tell you when we've seen it. After the fight with Mayweather, and we'll come to the predictions and all that in our in our show, but listen, I think after the fight with Mayweather, who on the planet now, let's say Connor does, you know, let's say Connor does well against Mayweather. Let's say he does well. Yeah. Um, who on the planet now has positioned themselves better than anybody to be Conor McGregor's next boxing match? And that, by, by well, obviously I don't mean win. If Conor McGregor, by some reason, cashes in the lottery ticket you and beats Floyd Mayweather, what are you saying? then... You're getting to the predictions already, don't you? The, the, the rematch the rematch will happen. The rematch will happen. But in terms of Malinaji, if he does well and people go, wow, that was really... Actually, that was pretty impressive. Then Conor McGregor, as in McGregor Sports Entertainment, they ain't going to go back to the UFC to earn a maximum $20 million payday when they've just earned 75-plus in boxing. They're going to stay in boxing. And which boxer now has positioned himself perfectly with the with the, the talk and this happened and that didn't happen? Mm. Malinaji walks out of the camp. Listen, he knows what he's doing. Paulie knows what he... He talked himself into a sparring situation. He went into the spar. He walked out of the sparring camp, didn't get paid, left... left it, fled the camp, if you like, because he said Conor McGregor was taking liberties. Now there's all this back with some... This guy has perfectly placed himself to fight Conor McGregor in a boxing ring. His name is certainly in the hat. And that, from Pauline Malinaji's perspective, is phenomenal. And from what we spoke about on our business show on Monday... Guaranteed to do a million buys. Hundred percent. Doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who Connor's fighting. It's Connor. guaranteed. It's going to do a million buys. Exactly. And Malinaji can talk, and Connor can talk, and that, that video, that actual footage of that video, is now kind of worth its weight in gold. And that's why it hasn't been released yet, because they'll wait and see what happens with the Mayweather fight, and there may yet be an opportunity for Malinaji to come back out of retirement and fight Conor McGregor, because that's, you would argue. A fight that Conor McGregor could win because <laughs> Malinaji's been retired so long I get it man I get where Paulie's coming from he's shrewd motherfucker getting himself in that position do you think he is being shrewd or yeah, do you man. think he's or is he being a bit daft he's feeling a bit burnt no I, I genuinely think he knew exactly what he's doing when he, he talked himself into becoming a sparring partner he goes down there and he walks out of the camp and, and with all this negative, oh, you know, he treated me like a piece of shit. I was staying in some crappy hotel. If he has done what you're saying, that is unbelievable. I'm telling you now, mate, this guy has smelled money. And Malinaji, look at Malinaji's career. He always had big fights. He always had big money fights. Yet he was quite limited, to be honest. Very limited. limited. I think he's very limited. Exactly. So if Scott, if, if Sam Egerton can beat this guy, Connor can beat this guy. Do you know what I mean? So... But he's positioned himself now to be the perfect opponent. Connor gets us. Connor gets beat by by Floyd. You know, let's say he gets beat on points, whatever. Don't agree. 
But at least, yeah. <laughs> but at least he does well enough for people to go. Well, okay. Well, I was kind of kind of impressed. I'm kind of impressed with that. I'd like to see him box again. What? Who? Who better? What? What better can? Where's the narrative? Than Where's Malinashi? the narrative? Yeah, the narrative is. Malinashi. There's no other narrative out there. You can't build up a Canelo or a Triple G or whatever else. You can't build that with Conor because there's no story there. The story's with Malinaji. It's there, man. It's fucking ready to be played out. I'm telling you, Paul and Malinaji. He's played everyone like a fool. Does he know? Did he know about it? Did he speak to Conor beforehand? Did they have all this built up anyway? Don't kid yourself. That shit, <laughs> that shit goes on, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my favourite um, meme, by the way, over the last three, four days, since obviously all this kick-off with the re- Dana White releasing the uh, video. A lot of people going, oh, they leaked the video. They didn't leak the video. Connor's promoter put it out there. Blend yeah. is there. There you go, there's the video. Yeah. Or the edited version of a video. My favourite meme, without any shadow of a doubt, I can't remember what account I saw this on, but it was an account of uh, a picture of Jose Aldo. And all it says on there was Jose Aldo with his head in his hands, led on the floor going, Connor pushed me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all these guys that Connor has sparked in the UFC now are coming out going, push. Yeah, yeah he pushed me too. <laughs> we get it, Paulie. Yeah. We get it. To be fair, you look at the spot that the limited amount of footage that we've had off Very that spot. Connor can dig, man. He looks like he can dig Listen, properly. You, you're mental if you don't think Connor can dig. You're mental. And I know. MMA and boxing are two different sports, but the guy can throw that back left hand. That that's that's a fact. And the the shot he connect Malinaji with was a big shot. Mm. But again, Malinaji, I know they had headgear on. I know they were probably sixteen ounce gloves. But Malinaji took it like a champ. And this is a guy that's been retired a while now and looks a bit fleshy out there. So there's two ways to look at that. There's two ways to look at it. And the, the, the knockdown wasn't a big knockdown. It was kind of he was spinning him round. He did have Malinaji. He did have hold of him around the back of his head. If you watch that video, you know intently, he does have Connor does have hold of him by the, with his left hand. and does throw that little choppy right uppercut underneath. Uh, but Malinaji's kind of off balance and that anyway. It's not like he fucking starts them in the that big. If he'd have dropped them with that big left or whatever it was, then you go holy shit, you know. But he didn't. Malinaji took it like a champ, and he won't be. Listen, he won't. Will he catch Floyd that morning? <laughs> we don't know. That's on Monday's show. We won't We've got know. a few predictions of how that fight's going to go. It's coming up on Monday. Make sure you're there for part six of Mayweather-McGregor, uh, our podcast series in the fight week build-up. It's all on fightdisciples.com. At Fight Disciples on all social medias. Do you know what I did love? Connor's rig out, man. For the for the open air oh, workout, them shorts with King on, and they were some nice looking shorts. Comes out in a Versace. Donatella robe. Versace sent him a robe as well, and he's and he's and he's doing shadow in the robe, <laughs> in the ring. Just like what the fuck? Like the best meme I saw over the weekend was have you seen the bit where he's kind of he's kind of warming up but he's, he's, doing do, like, he's kind of doing the billion dollar war arms just arms. doing the arms isn't he yeah just the like basketball thing. Arms. Have you seen yeah, the basketball thing yeah yeah and it's just like but the one I'd seen it was just like the arms and it clipped to like 50 cents like what the fuck is going on then it was flicked to like Friday a scene from Friday we're like damn <laughs> <laughs> and basically everyone was just like what the fuck is this guy doing like, that's the whole thing I think most boxers most like I've seen a lot of a lot of boxers going he would watched obviously some clips of his open workout over the weekend and put, "What the fuck is this fella doing? Like this but is not boxing. The, that's the whole point. This is not boxing. That's what he wants He's you to believe. He's moving wrong. He's not doing it right. It's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Can you imagine if he comes in and starts his in though by doing some shit like that? He is going to do some shit like that. That's all he can do is change his stance, his move, his throw loads of feints, his throw them wobbly arms, it's throw crazy uppercuts, and he will throw a leg kick feint. No question. Anyway, stop, stop. We're doing that Monday. We will do that Monday. 
You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Right, away from the absolute wacky and on to the sublime. Um, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you'll know that Nick absolutely loves two boxers in particular, one of which is Vasil Lomachenko. We talked about him two weeks ago. This week, it is all about Terence Bud Crawford, who's a big supporter of ours on social media. Terence, this is all about you, mate. In Dongo, just hold your horses for a minute. We'll give you a little bit of credit in a minute, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, um, at Light Welterweight at the weekend, £140 is the first time that all the recognised proper belts have been on the line in any weight category for the last 12 years. That's unreal, isn't it? So but, so let me just get this straight. What you're saying is this is the first time mm. a unification fight involving the four major belts. Is that what you're saying? For the undisputed champion of the world in whatever weight category. Four th- belts. You're talking about four belts, though, aren't you? Well, let, let me give you a little bit of uh, criteria breakdown here, my friend, when okay. I talk about being undisputed champion, all right? So between 1920 and 1963, if you were the undisputed champion of the world, yep. you were a boxer who held both the NYSAC and the NBA, which is... National the- Boxing Association and the New York State That's right, Commission. but the NBA is the former... Is basically what we now know as the WBA. WBA. Yeah, that's, that's what we know now, right? Okay, so you've got to hold those two simultaneously. That's between 1920 and 1963. Yeah. Between 63 and 83, a boxer who held both the WBA and the WBC titles simultaneously was okay. the undisputed champion of the world. Between 83 and 2000, a boxer who held the WBA, the WBC, and the IBF championship uh, belt simultaneously. And since 2007, and only since 2007, has it been WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO titles simultaneously? Okay. All right, so that's since February 2007. All four major organisations were recognised by each other as legit, all right? Okay. Now then, the last time that all four belts were held was way back when Bernard Hopkins fought... Um, Jermaine Taylor for the middleweight championship of the world. Okay. And Jermaine Taylor hold all four belts. So that is over 12 years ago, 2005. Now, I know I've just said there since 2007 is when they were all recognised, but the WBO belt was still uh, going in 2005. Yeah. I think it came in in 1988, 1989. That is the, but it wasn't recognised. As what you would class as the legit top boy. In 2007 is when they all started to be recognised yeah, as the yeah, legit yeah. top boys. The only, t- the the previous, last, in the last 12, year, 12 years, nobody has held all four in any weight category. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. This is the first time at the weekend. We're going to get. We're going to get an undisputed four. champion of the world in any weight category. Okay. That is unreal. It is unreal. Um, but then it's kind of a harsh. Reality of modern day boxing, isn't it? But that, so that You've got to have all four now. You know, mm. a couple of years ago, as you just pointed out, then you only had to have the top two. Mm. Um, and then it became three. Mm-hmm. And now it's four because the WBO has been kind of recognised alongside the other three. You know, I, I would say Roy Jones Jr. was the undisputed champion of the world. Well, he was. When he had the WBA, the WBC and the IBF. He just didn't have the WBO. 
But then, oh yeah, I remember at the time as well because it was uh, Darius Michowski or whatever his name was. He was the WBO champ. They never actually fought each other, and that's why they were saying. But Ring Magazine, I'm sure, recognised Roy Jones. That's an as interesting. Being the light Do you know something? Champ. You're a clever little man. You are. You know your boxing history. For all those people that give us a load of shit and refer to us as casuals on a day-to-day basis, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. All right, well, check this out. You just made a great point. In 2000, uh, sorry, in 1999, Roy Jones Jr. became the undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world. WBA, WBC, IBF. If you just uh, met, uh, pointed out, mm-hmm. Darius Machowski. Uh, was the lineal WBO champion. Roy Jones Jr. defeated Reggie Johnson for the IBF belt, successfully unifying the WBA and WBO belts. Jones relinquished his titles after he moved to the heavyweight division and therefore never fought uh, the WBO champ. Right. There you go. Okay, so what about, um, what's-his-name had all the belts, didn't he? Did Joe Calzaghe give the belts up? Didn't Joe Calzaghe win all four of them belts, though? He was WBO he won. He was the WBO champ. Yes, he, he was. Kesler. Yeah, and the, the WBA. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Settle yourself down. Go on, carry on, carry on. No, no, he beat Jeff Lacey. What did he say? He took the IBF off Jeff Lacey. Carry on. Uh, no, he didn't. Carry on. Do you want me to tell you what happened? In the super middleweight division, there is never in the history, or everything I've just been talking about there, there has never been an undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. Never. Undisputed. We came close in 2007 when Joe Calzaghe defeated Mikael Kessler to unify the WBA Super, yeah. WBC and See. WBO. Yeah. However, at the time, the IBF champion was Lucien Boutet. Yeah, but he won the IBF belt. Joe Calzaghe beat Jeff Lacey for the IBF I'm not belt. Saying, I'm not saying that he hasn't but won the he IBF belt. Up. He must have given up. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not won it, but at the time, he hasn't held all four at the same yeah, time. But see, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, fan no, perspective. no, no, no. He hasn't held all I four at the same time. I was at Jeff Lacey fight. He beat Jeff Lacey just because he gave up that IBF belt and then that goes and gets won by Lucian Boot. Now, nah, fuck that, man. Joe, Joe Calzaghe was the undisputed Super no, League champion of the world. No, not according to officials. The technicality. Well, technicality is how <laughs> yeah, I'm working, my friend. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, therefore, what we're getting wow. at the weekend is something extremely unique. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely. So has that Ring magazine been thrown in for this 10 score for yeah, the Dongo fight this Yeah, weekend? number one and number two. Um, the, there's only two men in the history of boxing, that have held four belts. Now, as I've just said, it's only been going since 2007, recognised, all right? But only two men uh, have managed to do that. I've just mentioned one in Jermaine Taylor. The other guy was the guy that he beat, Bernard Hopkins. Oh, wow. Bernard Hopkins was the first ever man to do it. And then Taylor took all the belts off him. There you go. Wow. Never been done in any other weight category. Jesus. I mean, we we had a little bit of a chat coming into the studio about, surely it has. What about when Tyson beat Yon Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WBC belt wasn't involved in the Klitschko fight. Wow. Of course, because, uh, what's his name, Adi? Big Deontay Wilder, yeah. Wilder, yeah. There you go, mate. Shit. That's major, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, it's good. Obviously, it's a lot. What it does is it highlights how much tougher it is now because you've got to unify all four at once. And it also highlights the politics in boxing, that the best don't always fight the best, that the champions don't necessarily always unify. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, wait a minute. What about... Um, Look at you trying to pick holes in my stat. Just yeah, fucking just, go with the no, stat. What's up with you? I spent all last night going through this. <laughs> if just, you pick a hole in this now, right, there's going to be a serious kickoff. Go on. Who do you want to name? Name somebody and I'll, and I'll pick an hole in it. Go on. In your own time. No, no. What I was going to say was... What I was going to say is... Uh, is Golovkin... Is Triple G Canelo the same? Are we going to get another one? No, we're not. But Do you know not. why? Tell me why. Because they don't want the WBC. No, 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 he is the WBC. Who's the WBO middleweight champion of the world at the moment? Oh, shit, Billy Joe. There yeah, you go, that's why. Come on, son, I'm knocking him down today. <laughs> knocking him down. Wow, a little bit of history. There you Love go. It. Mm, it is unbelievable. And, it's, and in this weight category, like I said, it's never been done with four belts. Uh, but the last man to hold um, in its previous form of three belts, Kostya Zoo. 
2003. Yeah. He was the last undisputed champion at 140 pounds. There you go. So that didn't include the WBO? No. Then he lost the IBF to Ricky. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Now we're flowing. Now yeah, we're on yeah. the same page, aren't we? There you go. But check that out. Finished it. Again, that, uh, that, it just rams on to me. Politics in boxing, the best not necessarily fighting the best. And we've got fucking too many belts, mate. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, they're the four that we, we all like to recognise. Don't forget, there's yeah. still the IBO, the WBF. There's mm. all these other Mickey Mouse belts. And it doesn't help that WBC, uh, the WBA have now got a super belt. Yeah. So they've got two world champions. Yeah. That doesn't help. But anyway. So it's very rare that you get an undisputed. You get unified, of course you do. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily always get an undisputed champion yeah. in a weight category. So we are literally this weekend going History. to find out the best super lightweight walk on the planet. That's it. Un- unquestionably. There, it, 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 it's without question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because the. the They'll have all the belts. Yeah. Nobody else has managed to do that in any other weight category. Fair play to them. Yeah. It, uh, can I also just point out as well, maybe there's a reason why we don't always get um, undisputed champions in weight categories, and that might be because of sanctioning fees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know how sanctioning fees work, I think it's I think the percentage is something like 3% in it. Yeah. You pay 3% of your purse to the sanctioning body. All right. So the recognised boys, your WBA, your WBC, your IBF, and your WBO, they will ch- they they will charge the fighter three percent to be able to sanction the fight under their rules and regulations. There's two fighters this weekend. There's four sanctioning bodies, mm-hmm. and they're all getting three percent of everybody's purse. Yeah. I am led to believe that each fighter is paying over a hundred thousand dollars of sanction fees in sanction fees each. Maybe that's why we don't get unifications because yeah, exactly, fighters just don't yeah. want to pay them. Exactly. Well, Canelo came out, didn't he, and said that he didn't want to. Didn't want, was it the WBC initially said he didn't want him involved in the fight at all? Because he's he's had discrepancies with him in the past for stripping and. Uh, yeah, so he's basically like, I don't want to pay you three percent. So. Yeah, but it's it's happening now. Golovkin's yeah. basically said it's happening. We'll sort the uh, sanctioning uh, fee situation. So the WBC belt is on the line for their middleweight clash in a couple of weeks' time. Oh. Mad crazy, man. Mad crazy. Anyway, we talked about the. Uh, the technicalities of the fight. Let's mm-hmm. talk about your boy, man, because you're a massive fan of his. I'm you're, a huge I'm, fan. I'm, I'm guessing you're anticipating him to come through the huge puncher of Indongo. Yeah, I think Indongo obviously is a murderous puncher. He's a massive threat. We've seen that uh, when he won the belt. We've seen that against Ricky Burns. Of against Troyanovsky. Well. We're unreal. He went in there. one was just... 40 fighting. seconds. Bang. Yeah. Because no one knew who Indongo was at yeah, the time. Yeah, he came he from nowhere, didn't he? an utter outsider. Um, and he came in and just starched them. So, kid's on a hell of a roll. He's a murderous puncher, and for that reason, he needs absolute respect. But for me, this is the perfect fight for Terence Crawford in the run-up to a potential fight with Mikey Garcia, which would do massive numbers um, to to face someone that really fancies themselves as a power hitter. Terence Crawford, for me, I would probably say, is if it wasn't for little high-tech, is the best natural boxer on the planet, active at the moment. Mm. He can do everything. His footwork's sublime. Um, he hits and doesn't get hit. He can fight both sides. He can switch hit. He can do everything. He's absolutely mustered, Terence Crawford. And as I say, if it wasn't for the fact that we've got this absolute superhero in Lomachenko at the moment, I would say that Terence Crawford's the best boxer on the planet. For me, that's the that's the true super fight in all of boxing. If Terence Crawford can somehow go back to lightweight where he was previously... And if Lomachenko was to come up, that would be the biggest fight in all of boxing. Why has this particular fight of the weekend gone so much under the radar? Mainly in the UK. Why is it gone? Because I've, ju- I've just told you about the history. This doesn't is it, happen. Is it on Sky this weekend? Or is it, I, I believe it is box, on Sky. it's on Summit this weekend. It's on Sky, yeah. I'm thinking it's on Sky. But why has it gone so far under the radar? 
Is it because we've got the circus going on? Is yeah. that what? Is that the only reason? Because this is a historical fight. It's a massive fight, you know, but uh, as I say, it's, a, it's very much a hardcore fight. I think there's not many fair-weather boxing fans or whatever, or casual boxing fans, if you like, that would... They perhaps might know Terence Crawford. They perhaps might know Ndongo because of the Ricky Burns fight, but they won't be clued into this because we have it. it everything's been swallowed up by McGregor versus Mayweather. Everything mm. it, it just become a huge beast. Yeah, you know, we're, we're weeks away from Canelo versus Triple G, and yet we refer to it just in a third party. We haven't actually got excited about that fight yet mm. because this freak show, this circus event, is completely <laughs> and utterly dwarfed everything else. Mm. And that's frightening because Terence Crawford is more than likely top three pound-for-pound boxers on the planet, returns this weekend against an undefeated 22-0 massive puncher, and yet you know most of the planet aren't even giving it a second of notice. And a lot of people aren't giving really Ndongo that much of a chance because of her, how good Terence Crawford is. However, what I will say is maybe that plays into Ndongo's hands this weekend because mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about him. He, like you say, he's come out of Africa, knocked out Tryonovsky, become the champ. Yeah. Then he's gone over to Scotland and, and beat, beat up, up Ricky Burns. I mean, he put some serious manners on Ricky Burns that yeah. night and become uh, the WBA and well, IBF champion. But he proved in that night that he wasn't just a puncher. That's as well. it. He was, a top, he was top class. Really, really top class. So therefore, you've only really got two fights to go on um, if you're going to try and judge what he's all about one he can hit and two he can box so what more do you really need to know and he's a southpaw so he does everything backwards anyway so he's a you know he's an absolute handful for Terence Crawford but you know I just think that Terence Crawford for me is on a different plane this could be the fight that really this should be the fight that people go wow he's he's different class this fella you know he's right up there but unfortunately just not that many people are going to be watching it Mm. Uh, on the undercard Nicholas Walters makes his return your mate nah fuck it (laughs) Uh, Brian Jennings is also on there and I've no doubt Brian Jennings is on there with one eye on the guy that's on after him Dillian yeah. White makes his American debut baby mm-hmm. against Malcolm Tan first uh, fight that they actually uh, scheduled in for Dillian White the fans kicked off that much that they had to pull the opponent and therefore maybe uh, create something else bring someone better uh, for, well I say someone better I think this kid's been knocked out about six or seven times hasn't he? you know what I mean I imagine Dillian to come through it yeah. uh, but I'm assuming the reason that Dillian's over there making his American debut is to try and make enough noise to wake up the beast that is De- uh, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's got to try and do. You know, he needs a big performance to try and get himself this world title fight uh, that, that he's clamouring for. He ain't going to get AJ next. We know that now. AJ's already got his next opponent lined up. But what he can do is he can ruin the um, he can ruin the, the potential showdown with the WBC champ and, and get himself the biggest payday of his career. You know, if he can fight Wilder and somehow bring that belt back to the UK, then suddenly Dillian White versus AJ too takes on a whole different level, you know, and uh, that, that becomes a, a huge fight for him. But, you know, they say they've swatched switched opponents. This Malcolm Tan's been knocked out three of his last in his three of his last four fights. So mm. fuck fuck knows what the original guy was like if this is the replacement guy and this guy's supposed to be better. But to show all it is is a showcase for Dillian White, you're right. It's an opportunity for him to to do a number on this guy, get on the mic, call out Deontay Wilder and uh, and hopefully move that fight a step closer for himself. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Right, bit of general news, and I'm going to the light heavyweight division here in Britain. Now, you've heard me speak on many, many occasions about Anthony Yard. I've seen him up close and personal. I've been in the gym whilst he's doing his thing, and I'm a massive fan of his. I genuinely think that he's got the minerals to do some big, big things. However, I'm going to be honest with you, Ant. You've upset me over the last month or so. You have. I went on record saying I think that that is a fantastic fight. Anthony Yard and Hosea Burton, let's get it on. Hosea, former British champion, great boxer. Anthony Yard, bags of power. How good of a boxer he is, we don't know. I genuinely thought that Anthony Yard might come through that fight because I thought that he would have too much power for Hosea Burton. 
Then all this kicks off about, oh, he's not in my category. I'm definitely not going to fight him. Why should I fight him? Because Frank Bullioni knocked him out. I want to fight Frank Bullioni. He's then been backed up by Frank Warren. And all this furore has kicked off, even though the British Board of Boxing Control have ordered the fight. They've ordered Yard versus Burton. They've ordered Callum Johnson versus Frank Bullioni. And the winner of each, it's kind of like a semi-final shootout. Winner of each gets to fight each other for that Lonsdale belt. That's what we all want as fight fans at the end of the day. Anyway, it's gone back and forth. And the main uh, rhetoric that came from um, the Warren and Yard camp was that Burton was not up to his standard. So what does uh, Anthony Yard then go and do? He goes and books himself a fight with a guy called Ryan Ford. Who the fuck is Ryan Ford? Well, I'll tell you who the fuck Ryan Ford is. He's uh, an American kid that is undefeated. And that is what this whole fight is being sold on undefeated he's undefeated fighting nobody's out of america is yeah. what ryan ford is but don't have that pulled over your eyes all right i'll tell you how it is properly they're selling it on an undefeated two undefeated lads going toe to toe i anticipate anthony yard would make mincemeat out of this kid it is not a test i'm really really upset really really disappointed because i thought that we were going to start moving through the levels this is not one of those times yeah, well, they've obviously added a, another trinket, haven't they, for them? The WBO Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Belt mate, or whatever. who gives a shit? The Lonsdale Belt's well, worth more than that. They were selling it going, yeah, well, you know, this is yet another belt to add to his collection. It's like, these belts aren't worth shit. Like, they're worth nothing. It's like Daniel Dubois when he fought that geezer for the youth belt or whatever it was. and uh, the, the guy was about 54. Yeah, and he was shit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what? You've won the belt. Come on, we're not we're not daft. Yeah. We're fight fans. We watch enough of this fight sport to know where the legit stuff is going on. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Burton was a legit test. Well, because because it's a mandated British title, you know. It's, it, well, it's, it's a former man- British champ. He's that's a former what I mean. British champ fighting. It's mandated by the British Boxing Board. We get to actually see Anthony Yard against someone that... Of of ilk that we've seen before, like with all due respect to Ryan Ford, I'm like you. It's like we've never seen this guy fight before. So twelve and zero record, but when you look at it, it's all tomato cans. So he's never travelled before. He's never fought inside the UK before. It, it it's it's not a great opponent for Anthony Yard. And listen, the kid hasn't put a foot wrong yet. So it's you know we don't get Christ Cloven. We're massive fans of Anthony huge Yard. fans, massive. Fans. This is why I'm upset because I want to see him I, in with I, some I, better opponents. I wanted to see him prove he's the best. You know me, I'm old school. You know, he's won the Southern Area title. Now he's chasing these WBO. I think he won the European. Now this That's is right. the WBO Intercontinental. Yeah. Fuck that, man. Get him in the... I want to see him fight for the British title now. We know he's the best. He's the Southern Area champ. Who's the cock, cock Who, of the country? Exactly. Who's the best light heavyweight in this country? Let's see it. And then, you know, okay, let's move on. That's why I like O'Hara Davis. You know, in some perverse way, I really like O'Hara Davis because he's like, fuck it, man. I think I'm the best in the country in this weight class. I will fight anyone. I'll go anywhere to try and prove that. Yep. And ultimately, he came up short, but at least he knew. And, and he's got, go, and work on that. even off the back of defeat, he's going back in the lines then by coming up to Liverpool Jack to Cashel. fight you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, at least he's having a go at that top level. He's not letting someone cheat. Like, Bell, you talked about this previously. It's like, you can, if with the right promoter and the right matchmaker, or maybe it's the whichever way you look at it, it could be the wrong promoter and the wrong matchmaker. You can steer yourself to a fucking 50 and 0 record if you want to by fighting nobodies but just selling tickets. But at some stage, if you're a true fighting man, if you're a true champion in your heart and you want to, you want to know whether you're going to be a world champion, the only way to do it. Is becoming the best in your area, the best in your country, the best in your continent, and then try yourself best in the world. Mm. You can't circumnavigate your way to a world title because when you get there, you get found out. Because after all, do you know what? You're not even fucking British class. 
And that's the worrying thing. I, I kind of get it with Anthony Yard because he hasn't got a massive amateur experience yeah. that we should bring him this way. But don't talk shit about the British title and British title contenders if you ain't even going to put your foot in the water. If you're going to go in this direction and handpick opponents, then you can't talk shit about the British champion. I'm sorry, you can't do mm. it. I feel for Jose Burton because this is the perfect fight for him yeah. in order to get himself back on the bandwagon, isn't it? Especially with what happened against Frank Bully on it. A fight that he was winning quite comfortably, I thought, until he was knocked out yeah. uh, in the latter stages of that fight. This is the perfect opponent for him to come in, get on his jab again, box his head off, get himself a nice little win under his belt. I'm sure that's what was going down at uh, at Camp Joe Gallagher. It's just a shame that that's not going to materialise now. So where does he go next? Does does he have to wait for Frank Bullioni, Callum Johnson? Callum Johnson's his stable mate. Does he have to go and yeah. go in and fight him? Because well, I think Callum Johnson beats Frank Bullioni. Yeah, well, I, I think I think you're right. I think Callum Johnson will probably become the new British champion, as you say, the stable mate. So they, it's highly unlikely they're going to fight each other. But it, it does leave him in a bit of a shitty situation. But you know that's that's up to his promoter now. He's got to try and go in a different direction. Maybe he needs to chase this European route or whatever, or some kind of intercontinental belt route. Unfortunately, but it's just it's just a shame. From a five pound perspective. I was like you. I wanted to see the fight. I thought Yard was going to win the fight. I thought Yard was going to do a number on him. I thought Yard versus Callum Johnson, that's the massive test for Anthony Yard because I think he's a good boxer, a much better boxer than Callum Johnson. But we had to get there first. We had two fights before we could even start mm. talking about that one. Uh, so to see them go in a different direction is a little bit, uh, a little bit heartbreaking. Mm. Um, let's talk eight-ounce gloves, shall we? How much is uh, oh, that of a difference between eight and ten-ounce gloves? Yeah. For those that don't know the story on this, basically, if you fight at 154 pounds, uh, especially in the state of Nevada, um, then there is a stipulation that your gloves must be at 10 ounces. Okay. So Mr. Mayweather and Mr. McGregor have put in special dispensation. They've asked nicely. Yeah. Basically, it's a macho thing, isn't it? Let's go back and forth yeah. because... Well, it's because that's, that was the like the rhetoric that came out of the weight, obviously the weight being specified at 154. People were saying, oh, Floyd's done that, so Connor has to wear 10-ounce gloves because, you know, that extra two ounces of protection will make all the difference in saving him from getting knocked out. So Floyd can't be like, you really think that's true? Okay, well, let's wear eight-ounce gloves then. Mm. I, I do not give a fuck. Let's wear eight-ounce gloves. Well, you know, Floyd was saying, let's wear four-ounce gloves. Utter nonsense, obviously. Uh, and now they're like kind of pushing it through. And I've seen a, a thing with Bob Bennett, the sporting director from Nevada, and even a piece with uh, Mark Ratner, who heads up the UFC's uh, like kind of officialdom, the, the you know all this kind of stuff. But Mark Ratner, just to give you some background, actually used to be the head of Nevada, so you know his his input, if you like, is valid. Both these guys like. It's never happened before. We've never had two boxers come and go, yeah, you know your rule about having to wear this gloves, can we change it to wear the lighter gloves? We've never had two boxers ever do that. So, of course, we're going to have to discuss it because it's mm. never been done before. Mm. And is there a big issue behind it? You know, so interesting. Does it really matter? Two ounces in a set of pair of gloves? Ah, fuck, I don't think well, so. Well, we've spoken to professional fighters and they say no. The only benefit it could slightly do would be Connor, I think. And, that, and that's got nothing to do with punch power. It's to do with the fact that Holding your hands up, covering your chin for twelve rounds, is gets tiresome. It, no matter how fit you are, it's hard to keep your hands up for that long. Mm. Certainly, unless, unless you've been doing it for twenty years religiously every single day, like Floyd has. This is a Conor McGregor isn't used to having a boxing stance. For yeah, 12 and if you've, rounds, if you've watched any of his, uh, if you've watched any of his media workouts, he's not going to hold his hands up. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he has his hands by his sides, flailing about apparently. So, uh, so listen, it's two ounces. You know, it, it's a storm in a teacup. For me, it's another it's another non-story that's kept us all talking about this fight while the two of them have actually been in the gym doing the training mm. to stop you talking about anything else. Mm. The hearing is this week. We'll, yeah. We will find out more. <laughs> what they that. should do, they should wear one 8-ounce glove and one 10-ounce glove. 
you know what I mean? But but then the other camp don't know which which is which. Which is which? Yeah. Ooh, which which has got the power? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Formula One or something like that. Or maybe they pit stop halfway through and change mm. gloves. Mm. Um, news on the undercard. Decent news this week um, with Nathan Cleverly fighting Badu Jack. Yeah. We alluded to this about two months ago, and it yeah, was going yeah. back and forth of whether it was going to happen or not. Delighted for Clev. Yeah, delighted. The kid, I really like him. I know that we've got different opinions. Um, mainly because of his involvement with Bellew down the years. But I like him. I think he's done extremely well to get to the levels that he's currently at. I think this is the weight category for him without any shadow of a doubt. Yep. Um, and what a challenge. Taking on Badu Jack in his first step up to light heavyweight on the undercard of what some might say might be the most lucrative fight of all time. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity for, for Clever. And, and you know what? Obviously, over the years with the run-ins with Bellew, and obviously I'm so close to Bellew, um, you know, I had to pick sides at one stage. But throughout all that time, you know, I, I was working locally at the time. And throughout all that, I would always speak to Clev and his dad and his corner team and everything else. And it and really nice people, really genuine, you know, Nathan... He's got that weird bandana thing going on, I know, but he's actually, you know, he's an intelligent lad. He's not Very intelligent. He's got a maths pretty, degree or something, hasn't he? I think he's got a, a master's in maths. In maths, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but he's a nice lad with it as well, you know. He's not he's not like cocky or sure. Or, unfortunately, you know, for me, he doesn't kind of get it in terms of he doesn't have a persona which he can kind of sell against, do you know what I mean? I know he has that red bandana Chavez style thing going on. but I, I thought it was Danielson, karate bit, kid. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that's kind of, you know, not really much to do that. He's just a nice, quiet kid, to be honest with you. So, listen, this is a massive reward for him. I don't know how much of the money at the top is going to trickle down to the undercard, but just to be on a fight of this magnitude, an event of this magnitude, yeah. massive for his career. And Badu Jack is a fight that he can win, you know, I truly believe that if he turns up on the night I think he can get a win against Badu Jack my only fear is that if Badu Jack has really been killing himself to make super middleweight like we're being led to believe that he might be a different animal and at that stage in his career the last thing Nathan Cleverly needs is an, an animal in front of him mm. obviously speaking of animals we know that Javonta uh, Davis is going to be on the undercard as Class. well yeah um, and Sean Porter is now on the undercard yeah. so you Love know what that. I mean if you're not into the uh, if you're not into the main attraction the undercard looks all right from a from a pure boxing fan perspective. The undercard is brilliant. You can't complain. You know, there's there's some really good title fights on there, and there's some really good champions on there. So it's a fight. It's an event that most boxing fans would tune into, regardless of the main event. Mm. Uh, and I think perversely, everybody should just be tuning in anyway, just to see Mayweather because we ain't ever going to see him again, regardless of what happens. So there you go. August twenty sixth is when it goes down. We've got um, quite a lot uh, to build up towards that next monday will be our final um mayweather mcgregor uh podcast where we give you our predictions and you hear from other fighters and people in the fight game giving their predictions but then we've got um a series of shows next week which are going to be building up towards it because let's be honest even though miguel Cotto is fighting a week of saturday i feel sorry for the kid nobody's going to be there nobody's going to be watching it nobody be, even the ones who got free tickets who were sitting there it'd be like me when I was at that uh, what's his name Terry Flanagan Terry fight, Terry fight you were watching, the watching the UFC on my, on my phone that's exactly what it's going to be like people that's are exactly going to be there be like, streaming yeah. the internet in order to watch the other one <laughs> that's what's good that's basically what we're going to be like next week as we build up towards uh, Mayweather McGregor I can't believe it's come round so fast we are here as you are listening to this 10 days away this time next week oh, we'll be right in the mix of it there'll be press conferences there'll be weigh-ins there'll be all sorts to go on do you think they'll make the walk? Do you think they'll make the walk? Do you think there's going to be anything that pulls it? Uh, at this stage in time, I reckon it's probably 70% chance happening. I think there's still a 30% chance something's going to happen because that's just the circus we live in. I think the fact that Canelo Triple G is right behind it 
is making me more sure that it will happen because they won't want to have to postpone and Canelo Triple G uh, steps up and, and takes that limelight opportunity. Mm. So uh, that's what's tr- making me think that's got to happen. It's got to happen a week on Saturday because the timing is right and everything else. So, But we've got a long way to go before we get there yet. There you go. Um, loads of content for you this week and next week. Um, this week on our website, fightdisciples.com. Obviously, we've got the uh, Mayweather-McGregor part five, which is there for you. Uh, yesterday, we were live from Derry Matthews Gym. Great chat with Derry. Pricey was knocking about as well with him being back on the uh, World Boxing Super Series undercard. Callum Smith show on the September the 16th. It's all there for you to download. And tomorrow, we'll get stuck into a little bit of UFC. Uh, so make sure uh, you are joining us via subscription on iTunes. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.